0: If you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to grab it and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and as you're doing that this morning, let me be the first, or one of the first, hopefully, to wish you a very happy Valentine's Day. Uh,
1: Hopefully you're
0: enjoying some time and taking the time, quite honestly, to to, uh, spoil the ones who are closest to you, and I pray that you understand the decision this morning to cancel our... Uh, in-person service uh, was done in the interest of safety for you. and um, But I'm looking forward to being in God's Word, and so uh, let's jump right in. I was, I was driving in the area about three weeks ago, and kind of as an introduction, uh, I was passing a, a church uh, that I drive by, quite honestly, a lot. Uh, but for some reason on this particular uh, morning, um, as I drove by, Uh, the banners that they have attached to their light poles caught my attention. And as I drove by, I noticed the light poles in succession uh, began to um, really convey a message. The first banner said, Faith, and the second banner said, Hope. And then as I directed my attention, rather than looking at the road to the, the light pole in the back of the parking lot, the banner was tattered and torn my assumption is that that last banner would have said love. And it started started a a number of thoughts running through my mind. Immediately I was reminded of verse 13 that we'll read in this chapter that speaks about the fact that now abides faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these, as you know, is love. And then I also began to hum a familiar song uh, that will date me a little bit. Um, It was a song... That was made popular back in the late '60s and early '70s, uh, written by Hal David and Burt Bacharach, a song entitled "What the World Needs Now Is Love." And uh, I kept driving down the road, and as I began pondering these thoughts, Scripture and this song, I immediately understood what the Lord wanted me to share with you guys on this special day, Valentine's Day, 2021. Now, as we begin our time in God's Word this morning, it's important to understand uh, that I'm going to read and you're going to hear me say the word charity over and over. Well, what's important to understand is that word literally means love. In fact, the Vulgate, which is the Latin translation, and John Wycliffe's English translation all the way back in the 1300s used the word charity, which is more than likely why uh, they continued to use that word charity instead of love when it came to the King James Version of the Bible. Now, newer translations have made the adjustment and simply used the word love. Uh, But that being said, let's look at what the Bible has to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Notice with me, beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says this, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Verse 8 begins by saying, Charity never faileth. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for... The time that we're able to have this morning on this beautiful day, and certainly we're reminded of your, your splendor and your power in just the weather that we've experienced over the past few weeks. Lord, help us to take time out to recognize your majesty and your goodness and your grace in our lives today. Father, I pray that as we look at your word, as we spend a little time together as a body of believers, I pray that you'll be honored. I pray that you'll be glorified. Lord, I pray that Your Word will encourage us. Lord, I also pray that Your Word will challenge us today to be more like Your Son, Jesus. Lord, I pray that if there's somebody watching this morning that doesn't have a relationship with You through Your Son, God, I pray that today, on Valentine's Day, this day of all days, Lord, that You would open up the eyes of their understanding, that the Word of God and the Spirit of God might draw them unto yourself, where they might find the forgiveness of sin and life everlasting. Lord, we thank you again for what you'll do in advance. God, we give you the praise and the honor and the glory for it all. For it's in Jesus' precious name and for his sake that we do pray, amen and amen. Well, I don't know if you've been awake over the past uh, year or not, but if there's uh, something that the world needs now. If there's, if there's something that we really need now, I would say more than anything else, it's love. And the beautiful thing that I see from Scripture is that God actually says that love is available to each and every one of us. In fact, in 1 John chapter 4, in verses 8 and 16, it's actually in, in two different verses in the same chapter, the Bible simply says that God is love someone has said that he never ceases to love because in order to do so he would have to cease being himself and throughout our passage that i read the greek word for charity or love is this word agape and we'll talk about that here in just a second but in the english language when you and i speak of love we simply say love for instance when talking to our spouse a significant family member or someone very special we might say I love you when talking to a friend or somebody on the ball field or on the court or whatnot uh, we might say hey love you brah you know we might give them a high-five and say love you brah when we sing to our Lord we sing songs like I love you Lord and I lift my voice to worship You, oh my soul, rejoice. Oh, we sing about the love that we have for God. But in the English language, we use the same word, love. Same word, but definitely different in each instance. Well, when it comes to the Greek language, there are essentially four kinds of love and different words used to describe those different types of love. And so I just want to outline them very quickly for you. A couple of them are not even used in the New Testament, but I want you to know them and be aware of them. Number one is this idea of passionate or eros love. This is the physical love that takes place between a husband or a wife Uh, It could also be or reference the patriotic love that one has for a nation, or it can also refer to the ambition, the personal ambition of someone for wealth or fame or, or notoriety in some realm. Eros love is not found in the New Testament. Number two is affectionate or storage love. Uh, This is the love that exists between a parent and a child. Uh, A deep, uh, affectionate love for one another. This is not used in the New Testament either. The third type that we see in the New Testament is endearing or phileo love. In fact, uh, it's where we get the words philanthropy or the city of Philadelphia. It comes the city of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. It's this idea of... Uh, A love that exists between uh, um, a husband and a wife that's non-sensual. It's the love that exists between a brother and a brother, a sister and a sister. Uh, And so it's very, very different. Uh, It's a love shared between the deepest of friends. The last love that we look at and a love that we see a lot in Scripture is this selfless and sacrificial or agape love. And this is a love of the mind, it's a love of reason, it's a love of the will. It's the type of love that actually loves even when a person doesn't deserve it. Have you ever known somebody that just doesn't deserve to be loved? And yet we love. It's a love that loves the most unworthy of persons. It's the love of God, possessed by God and demonstrated by God. It's the love of God for the ungodly, for the unworthy, for the undeserving. It's the love of God that comes to each and every one of us in the form of a gift. Oh, what a wonderful thing when we consider the love of God. Hold your place here for a second. I want us to do something. Turn with me, just turn back a few pages to Romans chapter 5. I want you to see what God's Word has to say about His love and what an incredible passage of Scripture we find in Romans chapter 5. Notice with me beginning in verse 1 and 2. I want you to see these first two verses and then we'll drop down and read some some other verses. Verse 1, the Bible says, "...therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ." by whom we also, we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now drop down to verse number 5. Incredible passage here. The Bible says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Now look at this. It says, The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the holy ghost what the bible is saying is that god's love is poured out it's been poured out into my heart and into your heart by the holy ghost it's not something that you paid for it's not something that you can earn it says here in this verse that it is given to us it's given to us freely look at look at verse six the bible says for when we were yet without strength in due time christ died for the ungodly, again, the ungodly, the unworthy, the undeserving. Look at this. Verse 7, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet, peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. Verse 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now look at this verse. Hold on. But God commended his love towards us. The point is that God actually possessed the love and then He proved His love to us. Verse number 9, the Bible says, much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. I don't know about you, but how amazing is it to think about the fact that you and I, we as sinners, while we were at war with God, while the Bible talks about us being ungodly, as the Bible references the fact that we're unworthy and undeserving, in the midst of all of that, God's love demanded that His Son would die. I don't know about you, but that blows my circuit breaker. The fact, because God's love, here it is, because of His love, He was willing to prove it to you and to me by condemning His only begotten Son to die for the ungodly. I'll point the finger at me. To die for the unworthy. To die for the undeserving. What an amazing love we see in scripture folks that's the only time i've ever been loved like that when jesus went to the cross that's the only time that i have ever been loved like that and quite honestly that's the only time that you have ever been loved like that as well flip back to first corinthians chapter 13 because according to verse number 13 This type of selfless and sacrificial love that was demonstrated by God is the greatest possession. According to this one verse, it's the greatest possession, it's the greatest gift that you and I could ever receive in this human life because verse 13 says, now abides faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is that idea of love, charity, love. Oh, my friends. John 3.16, what an iconic verse of Scripture. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Folks, even our faith and hope emanates from God's love. Without God's love, you and I have no hope. Without God's love, you and I have no opportunity to exercise faith. Oh, my friends, he loved and he gave so that you and I could have. If you're watching, now this isn't the end of the message, but if you're watching and you have never understood from Scripture the depth of God's love for you, I pray that you will grasp the the gravity, the, the deep, abiding, sincere love that God has for you right now. Friends, long ago, long before 2021, He sent the very best Valentine gift that you could ever receive. I'll just say this. If the Lord's speaking to your heart this morning, I pray that you will believe in Him. I pray that you will ask Him to forgive you of your sin, and I pray that you will trust Him as the Lord and Savior of your life. And by the way, you can do that right now. You don't even have to wait to the end of this message you can simply call out upon the name of the Lord and ask Him to forgive you and to come into your heart and to become your Savior. In our text, if we look back at chapter 13, God's Word is contrasting the differences right away between gifts and love. You see, if we were to go back, Paul's writing to this church at Corinth, and if we were to go back, the the Christians at Corinth had focused uh, their attention on this idea of spiritual, spiritual gifting. And uh, Paul uh, basically is telling them that they had lost sight. They had lost sight of the importance of possessing and, and, quite honestly, personifying this gift of love that they had received through the Lord Jesus Christ. And in fact, if you look, and you don't, in my Bible, I don't even have to flip back, but if you look up one verse at the end of chapter 12, Notice what the Apostle Paul tells them in verse 31. He says, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. So he, he talks in chapter 12 about the body of Christ, that uh, we're, we're all different parts of the body of Christ. But then he gets to the end of chapter 12, and he says, I'm going to show you a more excellent way. He says, hey, it's okay to covet earnestly the best gifts, but I'm going to show you a better way. And then notice with me, he renders three verdicts right away. Verse 1, verse 2, verse 3. He renders three verdicts in regards to this more excellent way. Look, they're as follows. In verse 1, we read how words without love are meaningless. See if you see the verse up here. It's this idea of a person can speak with great eloquence. A person can speak uh, all the languages of men. They can convey heavenly message messages. But the crucial point here in verse one is notice: is I am become this phrase. I am become. The point that Paul was saying is not only are words meaningless, but that person becomes. Meaningless, useless, useless in the ministry of the Lord. Useless if if they can use this this eloquent speech. If they have the gift of languages. If they have the gift of 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 uh, of conveying heavenly messages, and yet they don't express love. Paul says it's meaningless. In verse two, the Bible teaches us that gifts, no matter what those gifts are, without love are nothing. Again, notice the last phrase in verse 2. It says, I am nothing. You see, the last phrase highlights an incredible danger. Not only are gifts nothing, but the Bible declares that the person actually becomes nothing if they're using all the gifts of prophecy. They can understand mysteries. They understand knowledge. They have all faith that they could remove mountains. They can do, 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 do all these incredible things. And if they don't have love, Paul says, I am nothing. You see, because without love, you have no faith. Without love, you have no hope. You see, because that love emanates from God first. Verse 3, look at the final verdict. It's very similar because in verse 3, the verdict is that giving without love profits nothing. Folks, giving will not save anyone. Do I believe in giving? Do I believe in serving? Absolutely. But giving will not save your soul. The reality is that if love is not present in a person's life, then love must not be present. Now, I know that seems a a rather mundane statement, but if love is not present, then love must not be present. If you're following my line of thinking, you see, if I don't have love, If I bestow all my goods, if I give my body to be a martyr, if I do all these things, I have the gift of of prophecy. I have faith. I have all knowledge. I have the gift of eloquent speech. I can convey heavenly messages. I can do all these things. But if I don't have love, then guess what? It's all useless. It's all wasted. In fact, I might even say or suggest that it's impossible uh, from Scripture. I put down here, giving all I have to feed the poor in my life or as a martyr is a waste of time if I don't have have love. In fact, I might even suggest that it's impossible based on Scripture because in 1 John chapter 4, in verse number 8, I only read a portion of it at the beginning. The Bible says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. The inference is that if you know God, you're actually going to express that knowledge and relationship with God through love. Oh yes, God's Word clearly illustrates that so-called any Christian life, I'll put it in air quotes, exercised without love is worthless. If you look at verses 4 through 7, the Bible goes on to clearly reflect the fact that love is not defined by adjectives or emotion, but by verbs and actions. Someone has said it like this, love does. I always I always joke with Krista, and we'll be doing something around the house, and, and I'll just do, I mean, listen, I just do things because I love her. And then she'll say, oh, you did this or you did that. And I'll say, that's what love does. You see, love is not just uh, adjectives and emotions, but it's verbs and actions. It moves into action just as God Moved into action on our behalf. Love is not something that we hide in the heart, but rather something that's on full display. And again, this idea of selfless, sacrificial agape love doesn't come naturally. It's not naturally, it's not natural for me to be selfless or sacrificial. It's something that is learned. It's something that is practiced. Goes on in these verses and reminds us. That if a biblical love is gonna be a part of who you and I are, then people are gonna see it. And if you notice in Scripture, you can look there in verse 4 and following. The Bible says that if we're gonna operate in biblical love, that biblical love is patient, it's kind. See, it, it's actually the opposite of the way it's written in Scripture it's patient, it's kind. Not gonna allow envy or jealousy to dictate our behavior. If we exercise biblical love, That means that instead of tooting our own horn, instead of broadcasting all the great things that we do, we're going to spend some time building other people up. Biblical love isn't rude or selfish. Biblical love is not easily provoked or irritated. Biblical love doesn't keep a spreadsheet of rights or wrongs or celebrating someone else's sin or celebrate when somebody else fails. In fact, in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8, the Bible declares that biblical or agape love actually covers the multitude of sins. Biblical love celebrates and rejoices when other people do well. In the end, look at verse number 7, at the end. The, the Bible t- teaches us that biblical love bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things and endures or perseveres through all things. It believes the best instead of assuming the worst. Friends, if you can do one thing today, you may have problems in life, but take the opportunity to believe the best instead of always assuming the worst. Biblical love never ceases to hope, it expects good to eventually, triumph. It refuses to accept failure. Biblical love endures. By the way, that word endures is taken from a military word that literally means to stand against the attacks of the enemy. That's what biblical love does. It stands up in the face of adversity. It stands up when that roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. Well, my friends, as believers, we are loved by God. And we have received love from God. And now, the beautiful thing is that you and I have received the opportunity and the responsibility. We have the opportunity and the responsibility to pass on biblical love to others. Notice with me what Romans chapter 12, in verse number 9, Romans chapter 12, in verse number 9 and 10 says. The Bible tells us to let love, That's the word, agape. Let selfless, sacrificial love be without dissimulation. That means let that selfless, sacrificial love be sincere and without hypocrisy. It says, it goes on, verse 9, abhor, that word means to detest, detest that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. The word cleave means to glue yourself to that which is good. Speaking of that selfless, sacrificial love. Verse number 10 says, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, the word phileo, philanthropy, the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, in honor preferring one another. If we go back to John, in John chapter uh, 13, in John chapter 13, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and notice what he says in verse 34 and 35. He says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Now in these two verses, here's a little fun fact for you. There are two types of love being mentioned. One is the, the word agapao. It's taken from the word agape. And it means to totally or completely give ourselves over to something. And the second one is the word that I've already shared with you, which is agape, which refers to that selfless sacrificial love that God has modeled and given to each and every one of us. Now let's go back and read John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. Remember, agapao, to totally give yourself to something, and then agape, selflessly, sacrificially loving. Now let's read those two verses again. Jesus says, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love, agapao, one another. That you totally give yourself over to loving one another. As I have loved you, agapao. Jesus says, I want you to follow my example. Just as I have completely, totally given up my life To love you, I want you to do the same for others. That you also, keep on reading, he says, and that ye also love agape, love one another. That you selflessly, sacrificially love one another. Look at verse 35. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love agape, selfless, sacrificial love, one to another. Oh, my friends, the love of God is a pretty incredible gift that we have been given. We have the opportunity. We have the responsibility. On Valentine's Day, what better day to talk about God's love? We have the opportunity and the responsibility to carry that agape, that selfless, sacrificial love of God to the masses in northern Virginia, into the regions beyond, and to all around the world. If you go back to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning in verse number 8, the last part of this chapter is quite honestly a celebration of the permanence of God's love. Listen, there's nothing that you and I can do to make God love us any more. There's nothing that you and I can do to make God love us any less. He loves us when we were ungodly, when we were unworthy, when we were undeserving. Guess what? We're still Ungodly, we're still unworthy, we're still undeserving, and He loves us. There's nothing that you can do to merit any more of His love. In fact, verse 8 begins by saying, Charity or love never fails. In other words, the idea of it never failing or never uh, uh, ending is this idea that it's never going to cease, it's never going to go away love endures and it lasts forever and what paul was saying is he's like guys spiritual gifts that's great that's great you you have a spiritual gift that god has given you there are a bunch of people in the body of christ god's given you a spiritual gift go out and use it to the fullest of your capabilities that god has blessed you with to reach teach and minister to people however Love is inevitably what's going to bring you and me face to face to God. Oh my gosh, love is going to bring us face to face with Him and it's going to bring you and I to a perfect knowledge of truth. I love how the Christian Standard Bible says it in verse number 12 of our passage. Notice how they put it. They say, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully as I am fully known. Do you know that God already fully knows you? But one beautiful, glorious day, one day there's coming a time when you will know Him as He fully knows you. See, we know only what we know from Scripture. Oh, there's so many mysteries. Oh, so many things still to discover about the greatness, about the majesty, about the splendor of God. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that day. What a Valentine's gift that we received when we received the gift of God's love. When our faith and hope, because of God's love for us, ends in sight, what a day that will be. Friends, the love of God is proven love of God is historical it's incorruptible The love of God is trustworthy guys do you realize from Scripture the love of God is legitimate it's amazing it's beautiful it's pure and we could go on and on it's real it's un. it's abundant it's undeniable but here's the key the love of God is required if you and I are going to have a, an eternity spent with God it is required That we know this love of God. When we by faith understand and respond to the love of God vertically, it will no doubt manifest itself horizontally. Do you understand what I'm saying? When when we believe, when we trust, when we repent and trust Christ as our Savior vertically, and we get a grasp of this idea of His love, it's going to reveal itself. How we go out through our attitudes and through our actions towards others. Sometimes biblical love is expressed by meeting physical or practical needs. I'm just gonna be real honest with you. But if we stop there, we fail to grasp the completeness of God's love for us. Because at the end of the day, I can feed somebody, I can clothe somebody, I can do all these things. and, And when I do these things, we should be doing them from a position of love. But if I stop there, then I really haven't pointed somebody to the greatest love of all. Their need is spiritual and can only be found in the biblical love of God. I want us to close by reading one passage of Scripture, really an incredible passage of Scripture, and as we do it, uh, turn with me to 1 John. 1 John chapter 4. Back near the end of Scripture, 1 John chapter 4. It is incredible if you really dig deep into these verses of scripture. And as we prepare to read them, I want to remind you of agapao, to be totally committed to something or someone, and then agape, which speaks of God's selfless and sacrificial love. Let's begin reading in 1 John chapter 4 and verses number 7 and 12. Now, as we read, I'm going to comment and remind you what type of love God is communicating to us in these verses. It's it's truly uh, wonderful. Look at verse number 7. The Bible says, beloved, let us love agapao. Let us totally commit ourselves one to another. For love, the selfless and sacrificial love, is of God. And everyone that loveth, or agapao, that is totally committed to loving others, is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, he that is not totally committed, that word loveth there is agapao again, he that is not totally committed to loving, knoweth not God. For God is love. Agape, he is selfless, he is sacrificial. In verse number 9, in this was manifested the selfless, sacrificial love of God towards us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Verse number 10, herein is the selfless, sacrificial love of God, not that we totally committed or loved God in that realm, but that He loved, He totally committed Himself to us and sent His Son to be the propitiation, or that word means atonement, for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, if He so totally committed Himself to loving us, we ought also to totally commit ourselves to loving one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we totally commit ourselves to love one another, then God dwells in us. And His love, His selfless, sacrificial love is perfected, or watch this, or is complete in us. My friends, you may have joined us this morning and you you say, man, Valentine's Day 2021. You may be struggling today. You may be struggling with some sinful habit. You may be, quite honestly, you may be struggling with some hurt, some past hurt that you've not been able to move beyond. You you may be struggling with some hang-up that keeps you locked. Can I tell you that God loves you? He loves you so much. He doesn't want to see you stay locked up in fear. He doesn't want to see you locked up with these old habits and hang-ups and hurts. He wants you to understand that nothing can separate you from His love. He wants you to understand that He selflessly and sacrificially sent His only Son to die for you so that you could understand, so that you could receive, so that you could embrace that love that He has for you and for me and for the whole world. J. Vernon McGee, (laughs) I was reading him earlier this week, and... He once said these words, He says, you cannot keep Him, speaking of God's love, He said you cannot keep Him from loving you. You can put up an umbrella to keep yourself out of the rain, but friends, you cannot stop the rain from falling. Neither can you stop God from loving you regardless of the umbrella of sin or even an umbrella of unbelief that you may be under. Friends, if you have never believed if you have never accepted, if you have never trusted in the love of God, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you right now, do it. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, my friends, the proof, as they say, is in the pudding. God loves you. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. He totally committed Himself to loving you by selflessly and sacrificially sending His Son to die for you and for me. If you're watching this morning and you're already a believer, you're already a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you today on Valentine's Day 2021. I'm going to go home and celebrate it too. I want to encourage you on Valentine's Day 2021. Celebrate. Celebrate that selfless, sacrificial love that God totally committed Himself to proving to you. Oh, my friends, I want to encourage you today. God loves you. What the world needs now, what the world needs now, just like the song said, is love, sweet love. And the Bible declares that it's available to everyone. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the time that we've had together. Lord, I pray that today will be a, 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 splend, a, a day of, of, of splendor for our church family, for those that have gathered us online. Lord, I pray that they will take time to celebrate your love. Lord, I pray that if there's somebody that's with us even right now that is never called upon the name of the Lord, that they would do that and that they would communicate that decision to us. They could simply send us a message. They can simply put a note on, on the live stream that they've trusted Christ. Lord, we want to celebrate that decision. Lord, we thank You for loving us. We thank You for proving Your love to us. Lord, I pray that each and every day it would be our heart's desire to grow in that love, to walk in that love in order to bring you the honor and the glory that you so richly deserve. Lord, we thank you for the time that we've had. I pray that you'll dismiss us with your blessing until we meet again. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like more information about our ministry, check out our website at battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.